Canada won't meet its climate targets despite the Trudeau government's costly carbon tax, according to Canada's Environment Commissioner. Social media is another front in Israel's ongoing war against Hamas, according to a senior Israel Defense Forces official. The Liberal government's chief technology officer misled MPs about the ArriveCan app contract, according to Health Canada's assistant deputy minister. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, November 9th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Lindsay Shepard. And I'm Isaac Lamaru. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Despite the Liberals' punitive carbon taxes on Canadians, a recent report by Canada's Environment Commissioner shows that Canada will not meet its climate targets. Environment and Sustainable Development Commissioner Jerry V. DeMarco's November 7, 2023 report concluded that the Liberal government's climate plan is insufficient to meet its 2030 emission reduction target. The report highlighted that from 1990 to 2021, Canada's greenhouse gas emissions have increased by 13.9%, marking the worst performance in the G7, as other member countries have all seen decreases. Additionally, the report indicated the changes between 2005 and 2021. During this time frame, Canada has seen an 8% decrease in emissions, the smallest reduction among its peers. Following the commissioner's report release, the Conservatives issued a press release condemning the Liberal government's costly measures. The release read, quote, The reality is that many Canadians simply cannot bike or take the train everywhere, as Minister Freeland told them to, and that this tax simply takes more money out of Canadians' pockets during a time when life has never been more expensive. Isaac, many Canadians are hurting due to the cost of living crisis, and clearly the carbon tax is having a huge impact on prices for everyday goods. So what's the point of the carbon tax if our emissions aren't even going down? Well, Lindsay, it's even worse than our emissions not going down, as you mentioned. Our emission reduction was the worst among G7 countries, some of whom don't even have a carbon tax. The more research you do about the carbon tax, the more useless that you find out that it is. Long story short, uh, the carbon tax has absolutely no positive effect on our emissions. In fact, some research would suggest it actually has a negative effect because there's research that shows the more money people have, the more responsible they are with their carbon footprint. And the carbon tax is undoubtedly one of the biggest financial burdens on Canadian citizens. With cost of living being such a pressing concern in Canada and people struggling to get by, the carbon tax should be eliminated immediately. Well, I do want to point out that we have the worst performance in the G7 in terms of decreasing greenhouse gas emissions. And coincidentally, we also have the highest population growth in the G7, which is due to our immigration policy. And, you know, the Conservatives point about how the reality is that many Canadians simply cannot bike or take the train everywhere. I agree. We desperately need more rail infrastructure in Canada. I'm sure many of us would love to be reducing our emissions by you know, taking beautiful train rides or biking in safe places or walking more. But the fact is anyone who has ever been to Europe, for example, says that Canada's rail infrastructure simply cannot compare. And this is at a time, again, when we're rapidly increasing our population, infrastructure is not keeping up. And, you know, by the way, I've never been to continental Europe, but um, I'm listening to the people who have said that that their biking and rail infrastructure is simply amazing over there and Canada could never imagine. 
In a closed-door screening of footage from the October 7th terrorist attack in Israel, a senior Israel Defense Forces official told reporters at Israel's consulate in Toronto that social media is another front in the country's ongoing war against Hamas. The senior IDF official, who spoke on the condition that he remain anonymous, told the room of approximately 20 invited journalists that Israel's objective in showing the grisly footage was to give everyone in the room, quote, a better understanding of what our enemy looks like and why we fight. When asked about the ongoing propaganda war between Israel and Hamas, the IDF official told reporters that Israel had to learn from the Al-Ali hospital explosion. The official conceded that Israel was too slow to respond to what he described as the fake news and propaganda that immediately circulated on social media, which wrongly blamed Israel for intentionally bombing the hospital. Israel has denied all involvement and blamed the explosion outside the hospital on a misfired Islamic Jihad rocket fired from inside Gaza. The official reiterated that Israel wants the world to know, quote, that Israel is not at war with the Palestinian people, but rather with Hamas. You can read Harrison Faulkner's exclusive at www.tnc.news. Lindsay, Canadians should be very careful about what's being posted online, but what about media coverage of the war? The hospital explosion, which the CBC blamed Israel for, is a clear example of why Canadians should be wary of the legacy media. Right. I mean, I think so many people were just quick to accept the narrative that Israel bombed a hospital in Gaza. And then, you know, in the coming days, we start to realize, oh, okay, where's this information coming from? It's coming from a terrorist organization. It was a malfunctioning Palestinian rocket that most likely hit the hospital. And, you know, so the Gaza Ministry of Health, which is controlled by Hamas, deliberately told the world a false story. And U.S. officials believe that the health ministry also inflated the death toll to about 500 deaths, but the actual number appears to be closer to 100. I've heard lower figures as well, but it looks like right now people are saying the death toll is about 100 caused by, you know, Hamas itself. It's nothing like 500. Um, And then, you know, Melanie Jolie, she tweeted on October 17th, when all this was coming to light, that bombing a hospital is an unthinkable act, and there is no doubt that doing so is absolutely illegal. And a lot of people are pointing out that this tweet is still up. It still kind of insinuates that Israel bombed a hospital, which we know is not true now. And then also in the U.S. earlier this week, the House actually voted 234 to 188 to censure Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib because she was, you know, promoting false narratives about the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel. And she was using the phrase from the river to the sea, which is understood as a phrase that means abolish Israel. And Lindsay, considering Israel's a longstanding ally of Canada, how do you feel about the way not only the legacy media has uh, been behaving, but Canadian citizens? Obviously, we've seen all the protests and whatnot. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. MPs were informed by a deputy minister that the Liberal government's chief technology officer, Min Doan, misled Parliament during a committee testimony about the selection of GC strategies in the bidding process to build the ArriveCan app. 
On Tuesday, hearings were held by the Commons Government Operations Committee to examine how the failed ArriveCan app ended up costing taxpayers over $54 million. Health Canada's Assistant Deputy Minister Cameron Macdonald testified before the committee that he had a heated argument with then-Canada Border Services Agency's Vice President Doan in the month of October 2022. At the time, McDonald was director general at the agency and Doan was his superior. He also discussed the anger of former public safety minister Marco Mendicino, who allegedly wanted, quote, somebody's head on a platter regarding the bad publicity the app received. McDonald then testified that he had advised Doan to hire Deloitte to create the app, but that Doan told him it was not possible because then CBSA president John Osowski said no one can work with Deloitte due to a separate IT project that went wrong. On October 24th, 2023, Doan testified before the same committee saying, quote, I was not personally involved in that decision while discussing who selected GC strategies for the role. Instead, Doan said that it was his team who was responsible for the decision. Isaac, ArriveCan has been a complete failure. Nobody used the app. It cost taxpayers millions and it infringed on users' personal data. Will anyone in the government be held responsible for this mess? Well, Lindsay, essentially directly from its launch, ArriveCan was a complete and utter failure. Nobody wanted to use the app and many felt that it was just a way for the government to be more intrusive with your data. And I have to be honest with you, Lindsay, I feel a real lack of accountability with this government and legislation. Week after week, we see another and a bigger scandal with uh, recently the Arrive Can app and of course the RCMP Lavalin scandal. And I keep waiting for the axe to fall and someone being forced to take accountability, but I haven't really seen this happen. Can you think of any good ways for accountability to be increased and for someone needing to start taking responsibilities for catastrophic failures or blunders such as this? Yeah, well, first, I I mean, I was just reading this morning that the cost of ArriveCan actually started out at $80,000 and it just kept growing until it reached unfathomable $54 million. And I think part of the reason why it might be hard to really pin down who's responsible here is because, you know, the company GC Strategies, which was hired to build ArriveCan, it consists of two guys working from home in Ottawa. And what they do is they win government IT contracts, and then they hire programmers to do the work. So GC Strategies, who got the contract to do ArriveCan, they don't actually build apps or code software. They are just middlemen who win government contracts, and then they subcontract the work. And so, you know, this two-employee firm, they build Ottawa $44 million in 2020 to 2022. And then the two men said in parliamentary committee, that they take commissions ranging between 15 to 30%. So that means that from that 44 million figure, the pair received between 6.6 to $13.2 million. And I'm sure some people will say, you know, good for them, they're good businessmen, but let's not lose sight of the fact that this is our money, this is taxpayer money. And GC Strategies in recent committee hearings, just within the last couple days, they're not coming off as honest people. And you know, the way this $54 million was handled is a total blunder. You can blame GC strategies, but at the end of the day, it's the federal government that is using taxpayers' money. So does the accountability not fall on them? You're totally right about that, Isaac. And, you know, let's not forget the whole reason for ArriveCan, which, by the way, I never downloaded, you know, during the entire vaccine mandate and lockdown period. I did not travel anywhere. I did not cross the U.S. border. I did not fly anywhere for three years because... Uh, I was banned from doing so. 
And what got me through that is I live in British Columbia. So we had, you know, a lot of local beautiful places to visit. But, you know, fundamentally, philosophically, yeah, I didn't want that app on my phone because according to the Privacy Commissioner of Canada, approximately 200 data elements were collected and retained by the CBSA for each arrive can submission. So if you used that app, you know, they had your trip information, quarantine information, symptoms, and of course your vaccination status. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live today at 1 p.m. Eastern, and The Rupa Supermania Show will air later today. Also, there will not be an episode of The Daily Brief tomorrow as we honor Canada's veterans for Remembrance Day. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Bye.